The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. My next guest recently was arrested for her part in a Just Stop Oil slow march in London. Now, this group have engaged in multiple high-profile acts of civil disobedience in order to try to persuade governments to from awarding new oil and gas licences, uh, the British government particularly, and they are going ahead with that, it appears, in spades. Lecturer at Cardiff University Business School and Just Stop Oil member Dr Genevieve Shannon is on the line. Genevieve, good morning. Hi, Pat. Thanks very much for having me on. Now, tell me about it. Was this the first time you ended up in a lockup? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, as I mentioned in my article, I'm a bit of a, a pain in the ass as a, a rule follower uh, generally. Um, so, so it was pretty unusual um, for me to have any sort of interaction with the police. But, um, but this is such an important issue that I felt, um, you know, it's it's a bit taboo to to break the law. But um, in this situation, I think it's it's called for. It's it's necessary uh, morally. Now, what precisely did you do and how were you apprehended and how did they treat you? Yeah, so um, I was participating in a slow march um, outside uh, the the Palace of Westminster there, just as um, politicians were arriving for the final Prime Minister's questions uh, before the summer break. Um, And I guess uh, we uh, were anticipating uh, things like um, uh, Sunak's uh, announcement on Monday, trying to uh, uh, push through decisions around uh, new oil and gas uh, while the summer break is on. Um, So we really wanted to um, send a strong message um, to them there, you know, in the seat of power for the UK, but also the decisions that are made there have um, serious impacts on on the rest of us, Mm. those of us in Ireland. So you wanted to get your message through to those politicians gathering for uh, that particular parliamentary occasion. Now, a slow march, what does that involve? Does it effectively mean blocking all the traffic? It means um, disrupting traffic for sure. Um, so, so what we do is we we step into the road. Um, everybody involved um, has been trained um, to ensure that um, everybody understands the the safety procedures, making sure that we all know how to um, uh, quickly and safely get out of the road if there's an emergency vehicle, for instance. Um, but yes, it's about um, slowing down um, the the flow of traffic um, and demonstrating that this is not um, business as usual. We can't treat this uh, like like it's a normal um, sort of a decision for a government to be making. Um, it's really uh, an extremist uh, decision and, and highly violent. We know that um, from uh, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, uh, from the International Energy Agency, uh, the UN, that um, by issuing any, any new uh, licenses for fossil fuel exploration, that that will lock us on to the most extremely destructive uh, mm. pathways of emissions. Okay, so you are slow marching and then... And then, yes, um, so uh, recently to try to uh, stop uh, these um, uh, disruptive slow marches, uh, the government has um, introduced uh, new, uh, quite controversial laws around uh, the, r- the right to protest. Um, and so that that comes in um, as part of uh, the Public Order Act. Uh, it's it's a Section 12 um, that says, uh, you know, you're causing serious disruption to the traffic. And so um, the police have a right 
right to to move us out of the road and to continue our protest on on the footpath. As you can imagine, uh, protests on the footpath uh, don't don't do anything at all. Um, so in, on this occasion, uh, usually I would get out of the road uh, once arrests are, are imminent. Uh, but on this occasion, uh, being where I, where I was, being the day that it was, um, I said no. Um, I have a moral duty here um, to of, of self of self defence really against um, this this violent extremist um, decision. Uh, and so I, I continued and and I was arrested. Yeah. Now, did they take you away in what used to be called the paddy wagon and uh, <laughs> lock you up in a cell? Yeah, yeah. So it was my first uh, my first journey in a paddy, paddy wagon and uh, uh, ended up uh, 12 hours in the cell. I wish I'd brought um, a, a more entertaining book with me. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was uh, quite, quite unusual, um, uh, quite an experience. Uh, I wasn't handcuffed. Um, very few of us were handcuffed because um, the, the police officers know well that, um, you know, we're very peaceful people. We're um, extremely committed uh, to nonviolence. Um, so so we tend to be uh, cooperative. And, um, and yeah, I, I feel that um, the officers who were, were arresting me, um, you know, they explained why they had to do it. Um, we also explained to them, you know, this is a, a moral decision um, to to uh, interfere with um, uh, people's people's right to, to protest, um, self defence uh, against um, the violence of of climate change, and so um, so we put it to the officers um, that you know there are many um, police officers uh, who are not comfortable. With with enforcing these laws and yeah. um, who are very, very concerned about the climate crisis and uh, who they can connect so, with. Were you charged and convicted? So I have been charged. Um, I haven't been to court yet. Um, at the moment, uh, there there are some uh, there's some backlog in dealing with all of these uh, non-violent um, demonstrators. Uh, so so I will have a court case coming up, and uh, yeah, it's possible that I will end up with a criminal record. And the implications of that for you? Are you concerned? You know, maybe won't be able to get into the United States should you decide to burn the carbon to get there. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, absolutely. It's it's um, uh, a serious uh, d- decision to to get a criminal record. It it does have implications like this. Like you say, um, one would be uh, maybe not being able to get a visa to go into um, the states. Uh, somebody in, in my family is uh, uh, living in the states and and going to have a baby over there soon. So. So for family reasons, I would love to be able to visit, but um, but really, it, it doesn't seem like um, that's on the cards. The the way things are going, it's it's soon not going to be possible um, for for us to do international yeah. travel. So so yeah. Now um, some of the text coming in, Eamon and Kilkenny says, uh, "Just stop oil or nothing," but a public nuisance, clueless about how important oil is in our modern world, and you know, you and he would disagree, obviously. But just that sure. question of y- y- the interim. Um, mm-hmm. supplies that are needed. You know, we're going to need yeah. gas until we get our solar, our wind and all of that uh, up to speed. We may mm-hmm. still need some fossil fuels and given yeah. that they eventually would run out, uh, the, you know, conservative use of them would obviously be very important. Um, but what do you say about those people who say, look, we just need to get the gas out of the ground for the next 20, 30 years until mm-hmm. alternatives have taken over? 
Absolutely. Uh, I completely agree with that. And I think this might be a, a problem of branding. Uh, Just Stop Oil, uh, many of our uh, banners now say Just Stop New Oil um, because it's not about turning off the taps of um, the, the oil and gas um, facilities that we already have. It's about not um, uh, investing in new infrastructure for new fossil fuels. And um, absolutely, we know uh, from, for instance, the international National Energy Agency, that we already have more than enough um, uh, fossil fuels um, uh, and infrastructure there for getting us through um, the the transition to more sustainable energy. Um, So there's really no justification at all for these new licenses. Do you think that uh, if more oil becomes cheaply and readily available, more gas, that it might slow the implementation of green technologies? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, We need to think about what sorts of incentives um, are the government setting up um, for uh, investors um, in the energy sector. Um, It's very, very difficult to argue with profits. Uh, I'm sure even if um, uh, the CEO of Shell has uh, their heart in the right place, um, it's very difficult to argue with um, the returns that you can get if um, you are legally permitted um, to keep investing in cheap fossil fuels rather than doing what we need to do. Now, how far would you be prepared to go? I mean, we've seen protesters uh, destroying or attempting to destroy artworks, mm-hmm. interfering with horse racing and doing various other more extreme things. How far would you be prepared to go? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think the the scale of what we're facing is um, so serious. Um, uh, the, uh, the the consequences, um, the sorts of disruptions um, we will be facing um, in the UK and Ireland um, from climate change are so severe um, that uh, it's hard to say uh, where it would be uh, uh, morally reasonable to, to put our hands up and, and let it go through. Um, we've seen, for instance, um, people fleeing for their lives um, in, in Greece from these wildfires that we know are connected to climate change. Um, I read this morning about a 13-year-old girl in Japan um, who died from heat stroke on her way back from school because of um, the heat wave there. Um, that's just one of a number of deaths directly from the heat, not even thinking about um, the indirect effects of rising temperatures. So when it comes to thinking about how do we protect our young people from um, horrible um, uh, uh, living standards. Um, I'm not sure at this point uh, where I can say I would draw the line, but right now I'm comfortable with non-violent action. um, And this is very non-violent. I'll I'll read you a few more of the text. Uh, Climate activists ignore that China and India continue to be the primary emitters, also the United States, um, they will not take their fight to them um, and instead cause havoc to ordinary working people. That's a disgrace. Another one, slow marches are not a method to send a strong message. The problem isn't with people trying to get to work, to hospital appointments, to care for others, to provide vital services. The problem is with large corporations. Your guest has absolutely nothing to be proud of. She should be ashamed. Just Stop Oil is doing a massive disservice to the very valid cause which most people try and actively support in whatever way they can themselves. Um, Please tell your Just Stop Oil speaker that I admire her commitment to making the world a better place. But the key to all of this is communications. It's impossible to hear anything that Just Oil is saying. It's basic psychology. I cannot hear the important things you're saying if you're shouting at me or aggressive or negatively impacting me. 
The key is that they reassess how they communicate and that will bring success. Mm. So these are, yeah, the very, very common points and um, I completely empathize. Um, maybe just to take them in turn, um, the, the question of um, uh, taking our, our complaints to, to, to China or the US, these big emitters, um, of course, um, uh, people in, in China and the US um, connected um, to the climate movement are making those demands. Um, so I'm taking action where I am. Um, and it's very important to recognize the international role of the UK government here. And the UK is um, still seen as an international leader. And the UK is um, uh, playing a role in blocking um, the collective action agreements that we need um, to get uh, countries like China, uh, like the US, uh, on board. Um, so we need um, a leadership here. Uh, we need uh, governments um, like that of the UK um, to, to take the stand um, and to um, uh, set the groundwork um, for um, uh, reasonable, um, sane, logical action here. Mm. It's not in anybody's interest um, to continue with the licenses. Yeah. On the point of um, alienating uh, the public or not communicating correctly, to be honest, I really feel that at this point, it's not about communicating with the public. The public are on side. Um, none of your, your listeners, you yourself, Pat, I'm sure, um, are in favour of uh, new oil and gas licences that would lock us on to these most destructive pathways. So we're not trying to convince uh, ordinary people. Um, what we're trying to do is impose costs on um, the UK government to demonstrate um, that we're not uh, okay with um, these decisions, um, that we won't allow business as usual to continue uh, and to, to force uh, a response um, from the government. Well, you know yourself that in London, um, the Labour Party did not win Boris's seat because of the stance on the, the extension of congestion charges. So Rishi Sunak, nothing to lose. The Tories are going to lo lose the next election unless they do something desperate by, you know, advocating oil and gas and no major change in people's lifestyles. Maybe they figure that's a vote getter for the next general election. Yeah, I can't imagine that they, they have any um, uh, illusions uh, that they, they um, are likely to, to retain power through the next general election. What's really concerning um, to me is the space between now and the next um, election. So that could be as late as January 2025. Um, they're talking about pushing through these licenses in autumn of this year. And the Labour Party under Keir Starmer um, has said that uh, he will honour any licenses um, that are awarded um, uh, between now and their right. their presumptive uh, wins, so we need to get that message across to them. You can't you can't allow these licenses mm. to go through. Genevieve Shannon, lecturer at Cardiff University Business School. Thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.